This week on Allendale Market Talk, Greg McBride got to sit down with Jeremy Dutch, the VP of German American State Bank, uh, Agriculture and Commercial Loan Officer. Uh, Greg and Jeremy really got to dig in about where we're at with the crop outlook on on his own farm, uh, operating loans and cash sales, along with banks, markets, and USDA intertwined. We hope you enjoy it as much as we did. Thank you. When it comes to where we are with uh, with the USDA reports and uh, the way the markets have been reacting over the last couple of weeks, where do you as a banker come into this whole thing? What are you watching and what uh, what are you talking to your customers about at this time of the year? Because, I mean, as far as I as far as I remember from our last conversation, you weren't really. This is kind of a little bit of a more downtime uh, in between seasons for you. Yeah, you know, we we end up um, this time of year. We're trying to do site visits. You know, we're we're talking a little bit more on yield expectations, uh, quality of the the crop. You know, that type of stuff more than maybe some marketing. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit of marketing just to on what's open. And I think that's really the driving you know factor right now. Is it if you didn't partake in some of the you know pricing opportunities that we had in the first half of the year, what are we doing now? And if you have grain that's open and it hasn't been contracted, you know, where we what are we doing to establish the floor? Because really, it, at the end of the day, whether it's a USDA announcement, whether it's weather, um, you know, some some form of event, it, 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 it's simplistic value. Banks are looking at it. how are we managing and mitigating risk. Mm-hmm. So. You know that that's what our 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 concern is, and and where our topics seem to you know revolve around, and, and sometimes that changes based on who the, you know the, the 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 grower is and and the size of the operation that type of thing. But most of it is you know we're having this conversation of how are we mi- mitigating risk, um, how are we managing um, margins, uh, margin protection, things of that sort, just to establish the fact that can everything be repaid back? Now, are where are you where are your constraints as far as what you can and cannot talk to your customers about when it comes to you know managing risk? Are you able to Tell them, hey, this is a good spot to be making some cash yields. Are you able to make those recommendations, or is it, you know, here's where we stand on the operating loan, here's where here's where the average price is. If you make your APH, this is what it is. Is it kind of circling the wagons and saying, here's this is quote unquote a good spot to sell? Yeah, that, uh, good question there. Um, first off, we we as bankers try to not get into what's called lender's liability. Sure. And, you know, really at, at that simplistic value is that we're, we're trying not to consult or mandate our borrowers to do something that would limit or lose them any type of profit that they could turn around and say that, you know, we were liable for them not making certain benchmarks. Right. So, uh, you know, when we last we talked, you know, we, we talked pretty heavily about having some kind of projection and a crop plan and a marketing plan. And, and, you know, this time of year, you get some of these types of announcements. What What is really essential for all of us is to just revisit that. Sure. Does, it, does it make sense? Have we done what we said we were going to do? And in light of some new information, has that changed? Do we need to do something different? And and I'll I'll consult on a on a on a certain aspect and how it relates to the banking relationship, without being very you know strong armed. We need to sell because um, my 
uh, my dad used to tell me, he goes, you know, anytime your banker's telling you, you know, it's time to sell, it's the wrong time to sell. <laughs> so I don't know why that just, you know, sticks in the back of my mind. Um, but there is some value to, you know, team approach of consultants saying, right. hey, you know, l- let's take a look at risk. Um, what's on the table, what's not. And, and right now, honestly, is a hard time to do it. You know, we're, I know a lot of guys right now are saying, you know, I'd love to have more grain sales, but I don't know what's in the field, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, that's where I think maybe somebody like you can come in and say, hey, if we don't have or we don't know what the physical grain in it is in the product um, or, or the, you know, what, what's out in the field, um, what can we do on paper? What can we do with options that protect the floor? Right. And that's an area that, you know, we try to um, get them to look at. Obviously, we can't push them into doing any of that, but we can consult with the areas of concern with the bank and what, it, what we need to see based on the crop plan. Now, are your customers uh, contacting you after they have made uh, cash sales, whether it's it's old crop or new crop? Are they saying, hey, you know, I just let let go of 5,000 bushels of my old crop. I still have 20,000 sitting in the bin or I still have 20,000 sitting at the, at the elevator. Are they keeping you abreast of what they actually have left as far as physical uh, cash or what's in the field as far as what they think is is going is that how, are you guys staying that detailed on on things it, it, again you know that kind of depends on the comfort of the operator um, I'd love to say that everyone did sure but well, um, we know that farmers are notoriously sandbaggers I mean well <laughs> and, 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 you know a lot of them are I think in some regards there's a lot that are very private yeah it's it's um, a privacy issue yes for them. Yeah, and absolutely. um you know, and, and some of them, you know, remember the time of the 80s where, you know, sometimes you, you know, you didn't give too much information mm-hmm. just because there was just a lot of chaos at that time of year or that time frame in the, you know, ag cycle too. So, uh, you know, I, I see that with me, a lot of the younger producers that, that I have in our portfolio, we're talking monthly uh, we probably talk in in relation to the crop plan markets, what's still open. You know, this year it's been, you know, did we take preventative plant? Here's what, you know, the, the all the nuances that changed within the preventative mm-hmm. plant, um, you know, cover crop, harvesting, when you can harvest, that type of stuff. We talk probably a little bit more this, this summer than we normally do just because of all those changes. Some of the older established generation farmers – you know, a lot of them tend to do what they've been doing for the last 30, 40 years, and, and a lot of them are really good at it, and we're comfortable with that. Right. As long as, you know, I I'm, I'm go back to what we talked about earlier, is that as long as we're talking quarterly on, hey, where we're at, what still, you know, needs to be done to complete the, the plan, um, I'm, I'm okay with that, too. So it, a lot of it depends on the relationship depends on the health of the credit and the farmer themselves. Now, are you finding that uh, in years like this, you, you know, from a banking standpoint, that you have to stay up on the, you know, the farm insurance uh, and really kind of not necessarily be an expert, but know a little more about uh, what it means for these guys to take prevent plant? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, when we have that dynamic changing, you know, there's been uh, very few times that we've had preventative plant um, come into play on a large scale like it is now. So, um, you know, we, we again, it's a lot like you had asked on, you know, sales. Uh, we can't be 100% experts and, you know, into that because it's not what we do every day. Right. 
Uh, but we can loosely steer conversations and, and make sure that they're talking to their insurance uh, provider to, to go through that. And the team of individuals that, that you know, I surround myself with are, are very competent and, and very good at that communication, such as yourself. So there has been, you know, I've learned a lot um, on, on my own operation along with, you know, just the conversations we had. I, I certainly have learned a lot more about preventative planning and and, uh, you know, have kept up to speed on how some of those dates have changed and, and things have happened sure. that way uh, as just the pre- preventative plant program changed itself this year. But sure. there's certainly a lot more conversation. Now, with uh, uh, the MFP, that kind of goes along the same lines is, you know, getting yourself up to speed on that stuff and then being able to kind of convey it to to some of these farmers that – may not have done things like this in the past. I mean, obviously we had an MFP program last year and they they needed to take uh, take advantage of it. They needed to take advantage of it this year. Are you kind of steering guys to say, "Hey, you need to go talk to the FSA office and you, here's, you know, this that's something that I saw just over the course of like the two weeks where they said, "Okay, here's what the MFP is." And here's certain dates for it. Are you telling your customers as you're talking to them, hey, just as a heads up, if you're going to plant a cover crop, you've got to have it done by X, Y, Z. Yeah, we're we're talking um, we're talking about that um, probably not as much as maybe you would think we would. Mm-hmm. A lot of it, you know, for me again, um, this is going to sound like a broken record, but I, I go back to our crop plan. I go sure. back to our expectations that say, you know, when we developed these in, in January, February, and a handful of them in early March, as all of this growing season has evolved and become what it is today, you know, where can we, what do we look to to, to pick up a few, you know, extra dollars here and there on a per, per bushel cost mm-hmm. or per acre cost? What programs are, are, are out there? Um you know, do we take preventative plant? Do we not based on our, our projections? Most of those conversa- conversations about preventative planning or MFP payments revolve within that crop plan, how the, the sure. year unfolds. Okay. And, and you know, do we know enough to, to, to probably be dangerous? Yeah, but we, we still urge them, hey, these are, we you know, we share stuff. Um, you know, I sh- we share stuff on Facebook. You know, I, I certainly point them in direction of, of the business partners that, that know the dates of being able to file, sure. uh, things of that sort. But all of it really consists within that crop plan and how that changes and morphs throughout the, throughout the growing season. All right. Well, let's take the banker hat off for a minute. <laughs> let's start talking about, uh, let's put the, uh, the farmer hat on. Probably one of those farm hats that uh, you got for free that cost you a million dollars. Um, <laughs> You and your dad farm uh, northern Illinois here. Um, You didn't take any prevent plant this year, according to your pops. Nope. What's that crop look like? Where, I mean, from the the point of how late it was planted to what it actually looks like today and what you think potential looks like. Yeah. No, um, you know, we were fortunate uh, to not have any preventative planting acres uh, at this – this growing season here, uh, the cor- the crop is actually really caught up. What I would say, you know, on the corn side, uh, I think that our last day of planting corn was June. I think it was June second um, is when we when we finally got done planting corn. We had about a third of our corn that was planted prior to the snowfall that came in late April. 
Um, and it sat in the ground for quite a while, but once it warmed up, it shot up, looked good. Mm-hmm. All of it seems to be very consistent with where it is maturity, you know, maybe a few weeks off when you really think about some of it got planted at the end of April and some of it got planted the beginning of June. It's not really that far off as we think. So, you know, I think that, you know, corn wise, we're very excited about what we have in the field. Uh, I, it, it looks good. A little bit got pollinated in some some hotter temperatures that we normally wouldn't like. Uh, but it but it all looks well. It's all come up. The stand is great. You know, stock quality looks good right now. Ear size looks good. Um, I, I don't have a whole lot of complaints there. On the bean side, this is where, you know, there's just a lot of uncertainty. I'm, I'm going, we have most of our beans, you know, got planted within that first week of June to the second week of June. We really went hard got them all planted in about a week and a half, you know, to 10 days roughly is really our time frame on that. Those beans look fantastic. They look awesome. I, I, they're just a healthy looking plant. The problem with them is, is that if you look at the calendar, they look like they should look at the end of June, or I'm sorry, at the end of July, not the middle of August. So I I think they're about three weeks behind. Um, and, and that's where, you know, topics of early frost right light hours you know that type of stuff really comes into play on the beans but i I gotta be honest with you greg i'm pretty hopeful of what we have out there is a pretty decent crop on our farm right now now with all the all the rain issues that we had do you get did you guys still see maybe some areas in in different fields if let's say you took a drone up or you stand on top of the you stand on top of the bin somewhere and you you just kind of look over at things and you get the you know the bird's eye view are you still seeing some holes out there or did it fill in pretty well no i mean there there's still definitely you know holes out there we we went back and replanted i don't know what the whole number was i wanted to say maybe 80 acres Mm -hmm. is what we ended up going back in and replanting and i think after we got done planting some of that we had some rains again and and so some of that looks good some of it doesn't but you know a lot of it on the corn side we came back right after we got our beans planted we came right in and started side dressing just because the corn was starting to get too tall you know we we flipped in the calendar where it gets hot there's humidity corn was growing like crazy and a lot of those areas were still too wet to put, you know, a lot of uh, um, side dress in. So I, I think there are some issues within, you know, selected pockets of that field. I don't think it's not a perfect field. There, there's some there's some areas that, that you know, either was too wet um, or we couldn't get uh, nitrogen in on, you know, in a timely manner that we're going to have some yield loss on. Now, are you seeing any uh, sort of, um, you know, uh, bug issues, aphids. Are you seeing any any disease uh, uh, coming in? Because you know, with a later planted crop, we may not see you know sudden death in the beans uh, uh, like we typically do. Any anything coming up uh, that concerns you guys uh, right now? No, I, you know we we as of right now, no. Um, but you you hit it right on the head. You know, with the where the maturity is on the beans, we're not seeing some of that sudden death issue yet. Um, you know, I think with the later planted beans, that's that's a little while yet before we see some of that. Um, same thing with white mold. Um, you know, we typically are seeing white mold and sudden death towards the end of August, early September. Uh, white mold a little bit later as we get closer to the later September. Who knows where that's going to get pushed to where you start to see some of that. Right now, we've, you know, most of our, our beans have flowered. Um, a lot of them are are starting to stack pods on, so we're a little bit early that way. Corn-wise, we 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 flew over fungicide on everything just in preparation of you know being where 
what kind of year we had. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't tell you. I haven't been in the corn in a couple of weeks. I don't know. You know if we have any tar spot or blight, you know corn blight that type of stuff starting sure. to um, develop on the leaves. The last time I was in it, it, it looked fantastic. Okay. So I, I don't think there's as much disease pressure that we're seeing right now. A lot of it is just calendar related. And do we have enough? Heat units, light hours. That's going to be able to finish this pro- this crop off. Now, before we started recording, uh, we were kind of sitting here talking to, to Steve a little bit, uh, a little back and forth about uh, where corn prices were. You know, the USDA numbers and, and that kind of thing. Um, what's your thought? And and you know, did you guys do any of this? Where you looked at the price of corn on May twenty eighth. And you looked at the price of beans, and you said, "You know what? Corn's corn's going to pay. Maybe we take a, a couple of fields and we we put them to corn when they we originally had thought we were going to put them to beans. Did you guys do any of that? We we actually did not. Okay. And and you know one of the reasons why we didn't is because we we've been growing seed beans for Dairyland Seed um, for such a long time, and um. We, we we typically have a certain amount of acreage already set up through them um, to grow seed beans. We're we're one of the only growers in northern Illinois uh, that they use still. So a significant amount. In fact, this year all of our bean ground is is uh, dedicated to Dairyland seed beans. Sure. So there was a lot less of uh, opportunity for us to be able to switch and and make that move. But you know some of those you know you get a little bit of premium to grow seed beans and and do so. Um, so we didn't we we kind of stuck to our plan you know yeah. if you really you know a good summary is that what we planned on doing you know january 1st uh you know when we put our stuff together we started turning our hat on the new crop year we stuck to that plan now we probably threw a little bit more at that crop as far as product here and there depending on you know what we wanted to do and how that's even changed with you know where things grew and and, and how the time of year was for us just to manage everything from getting it in the ground to side dressing to, you know, staying on top of our, our pest program with chemicals and herbicides. So some of that type of stuff changed a little bit. And with that change, we decided to try to maximize yield by putting a few more products down here and there. Mm-hmm. But really, as far as, you know, total crop plan, not a lot changed from when we first drafted it. And mm-hmm. that was one of our things that we thought is that, you know, we were going to go ahead and plant corn all the way up to I think it was June 5th is when, you know, the, the last day before you could start taking preventative planting or insuring for less um, percentage. And we said we'd plant right all the way up to that date. And the same thing with the beans, you know, all the way up to the 15th um, if we were still planting by then. And, we we're like I said, we were just lucky enough that we had both crops in before the deadline, and, and both of them look good. Right. Well, let's get uh, let's get a little background here. Um, so Dutch Farms, uh, you guys have corn. And beans, no little plots of wheat, right? Nope, no wheat. Most most farms nowadays have side businesses that they're running. Are you guys trucking? Are you running? Uh, uh, you know, are you you doing some uh, some custom work as far as combining or haymaking or anything like that? What uh, what are the side businesses that uh, Dutch Farms is involved in these oh, days? Oh well, as it stands right now, you know, I I think that we're looking to get into more. You know, as as uh, you know, the markets are what they are today, mm-hmm. and you know, you, I mean, you get you bring up a really good point. Is that you know, to be a successful farmer, you have to have 
diverse income. Mm -hmm. And we're starting to see that more and more. And I, I think that may have been an evolution out of the 80s is that we saw that there was value to that. And banks obviously see value to that as well. So for us within Dutch Farms, you know, we've obviously got the row crop business. Um, we also have a trucking business. And our, our trucking business is even diversified from when we first started, too. We first started just doing onesie, twosie hauls for ourselves, for some local farmers, all commodity-based products. And so you look at it today, and we have – we haul um, – corn, we haul soybeans, we haul fertilizers, we haul potash, uh, we even haul some metals um, for some, you know, some local um, you know, factories or even freight, you know, freight moving companies that are in an area where we lease trucks to. Um, and we used to haul trees and nursery stock too. Uh, so, you know, that, that really morphed into that. And that, I would say that's our main side business is the mm -hmm. trucking, if you want to call that. Uh, sure. A lot of the days, you know, a lot of the times we wonder, what is our main business? Is it the trucking side or the farming side? And, um, you know, I think that a lot of us, you know, my dad and I, we, we still go back to our roots of, of agriculture rather than, you know, transportation. Um, so we've got that. And then in, in the 90s, uh, early 90s, we decided to build a, uh, a hog confinement building. And, I think this is we've just gone through a, a major re kind of rehab or re overhaul of that building to bring it up to you know newer technology. Uh, so we put a lot of capital expenditures back into that building uh, to keep that going because that's been a nice deal for us mm -hmm. too. Where um, you know the the, the uh, contract pays us rent on a per space or or per stall type you know basis for us to feed out hogs for somebody else that doesn't have the 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 space to to be able to have all of the hogs that they have in their whole herd. So right. those are the main three sides of what we're looking at, um, you know, as we stand today. You know, we've got the hog finishing business, we've got the trucking business, and then we've got a row crop business. Uh, you know, as, as you know, with, with me, I, I'm, you know, the ag lender. So, the, you know, we kind of look at that as it's a little bit of a side business or a little bit of a diversified income. Sure. Um, and then areas that we're wanting to go into, I guess, uh we're looking at um, my two boys are, are getting to that age where they're starting to make decisions on what they want to do for the rest of their life and, and that type of stuff. And we're really looking at how do you use technology and, and, and agronomy within our operation to not only make us more profitable, but then to be able to do certain services that um, that we would like to have done that, that maybe a little bit more costly basis. So that includes, you know, I'll give you some examples. Right now we're doing our own soil testing. I think that we would potentially be looking at branching out and doing more of that on a larger scale and doing it for other people. Mm -hmm. um, you had brought up the drones. You know, my kids are just technically inclined way more than I am. <laughs> uh, where that type of stuff makes sense to them, you know, running an iPad in the field and doing tissue samples, soil samples, um, dr you know, drone flyovers with maybe some infrared technology and, and how you digest that and make it make sense with year-end results and, and get good at the agronomy side so that we could provide some value-added benefits, not only to our operation, but maybe to some other like-size operations that could use something like that. Uh, those are some areas that we're looking at um, potential markets we could enter in in the future. So, yeah, you, you bring up a good point of diversification, right? right? Well, now you br you bring up something with you're talking about your sons uh, and getting to that point in their in their lives where they're starting to kind of carve out a, a career path or or maybe a, a field of study that they want to go into. When I had uh, Joe Paulson on, who's, you know, a yeah. mutual friend of ours, um, he was talking about, we talked a lot about uh, uh, 
uh, legacy and, and, you know, succession planning. Is that something that you see for your sons that, that you've kind of been steering them down that way? Or are you just kind of leaving it open and saying, you're going to work on the farm while you're here. And, you know, you decide then from, from beyond that, if you want to go to college and, you know, be an astronaut, fine. Or if you want to go into agronomy or ag, uh, ag econ or however you want to go into, you know, whatever you want to go into, we'll kind of help you get, get down get down that road where where are you at with uh, with that well uh, you know uh, you, you kind of walk a fine line i think with that um because we've always wanted to see dutch farms continue on mm-hmm. you know we, we've always wanted it to we've always wanted it to stay a family operation sure and we've always wanted it to continue to exist to to not ever be sold out and so when you look at that, uh, you, you know, you obviously there's there's a part of you that says them coming back to farm is a is a important factor for us to continue that legacy. Mm-hmm. However, you know, I, I think that you can't push them in that direction if that's something that they just don't have the interest in. Right. Um, you know, kind of similar to sports, uh, a lot of you know a lot of parents. Um, and people that I know, we've talked about not pushing them to do stuff that we, as our, our, you know, did, whether it be playing football, baseball, basketball, or even some individual sports, golf, you know, that type of stuff. You know, we can't push them to do that. It, it's something that they have to kind of come to their own determination to do. And I'm lucky enough where you know they 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 are in that, you know, they want that ag space that they want to play in. You know, sure. that they that they think is value to them. Uh, my oldest son just said the other day, he said he'd really like to go to a college that had a good ag program. He wanted to play football and then come back to the farm. And uh, he's got a good buddy that just went to ISU. And I, I told him that ISU has a pretty good uh, ag program. And he said, okay, that's done then. That's yeah. what I'm going to go do. <laughs> there you go. So, um, <laughs> you know, as they get older and they see value to what we're doing on the farm and, you know, how how the opportunities that exist in within agriculture, I think that it's just a natural – you know, marriage for them, just like it is with me, like right. it has been with my father and my grandfather as well. Although all of that has changed within technology, but you know, I think that you know, you, you try to to not be biased and push them into it, let them come to the, the on their own conclusion. But there is something in the back of your head that says if if these are our goals, somebody's got to take it over. Right. Well, Jeremy, let's uh, let's wrap things up here. I I appreciate your time. We're gonna um, we're gonna ask you to come back at some point. Uh, maybe we'll probably say uh, very late fall uh, <laughs> or early winter. Um, just uh, once you guys get past your harvest uh, and whatnot, and uh, just get come back, give us an update on on where things stand uh, from the banking aspect, and then you know give us the, the follow up as far as uh, how the farm finished out this year. Oh, I'd be I'd be happy to do so. Um, Thank you again, you know, for having us, uh, having me in here. It's good to see the place um, and good to, to see faces here. So thank you so much. I'd love to come back. If you have any questions at all, please give us a call, 1-800-262-7538, or shoot us an email at service at allendale-inc.com. Have a good rest of your week. 